0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bike Life Podcast. Thank you for coming along with us on this journey as we have been sharing stories of our touring cyclists and their hosts across the world. Especially this year, we know it's more important than ever to stay connected and share our journeys and our inspirations along the way. And today is going to be just that. You are going to love this interview and the time that you get to spend with Andrew because he has cycled across Canada following the acronym of HILL, which stands for HOPE, inspiration, love, and let go, and spreading this across his tour so thank you for joining me andrew
1: it 's a real pleasure to be here Taver Lee Thanks for having me
0: i really loved I really loved this idea of not just working on your own goals of living into the acronym of Hill because that's one thing, but it's another thing entirely to use that as a way to connect with others and, and spread that kind of love, hope, and inspiration as you go along. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do it that way.
1: Wow, that is such a long story, but I will definitely <laughs> condense it for the listeners. I have had just a lot of amazing, beautiful life experiences over the past two to three years where I've really lived this spiritual awakening. And I got to a point this year where I felt like I was ready to um, to make a difference in other people's lives, that I had done all the work, not that you're ever fully done, but I had done a lot of work in my life to get myself to a place where I felt like I was comfortable in my own skin and I felt at home where my heart was. And that I felt now that there was something bigger than myself that I was connected to, that I was a part of, and that it was just my obligation to make a difference in people's lives. Also, I was living in a community through the... Uh, the pandemic, uh, the early stages from March to end of June, which is when I started to do the cycle tour. And I told myself that I really want to be part of a long-term community of people stewarding the land. And that if I wanted to be part of something like that long-term, then I would have to do something like a long-term bicycle tour adventure to get that off of my chest Mm -hmm. before I could settle in and commit long-term to a future community situation. And so I use this bike tour to get that adventure, but then also with this community mindset that I've cultivated for myself, I really wanted to inspire people. And I realized that during these times, people need inspiration
0: Hmm. and
1: they need hope and uh, the umbrella that captures all that is love, mm. and then, as I was tackling some of the big hills in the mountains of British Columbia and surprisingly worse in Ontario, mm. big, scary hills in Ontario, <laughs> I just couldn't get the 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 um, just the suffering out of my my head it was is it was very tough
0: mm.
1: and all i could think was of was this hill this hill and i also remembered that i was in this to give hope inspiration and love and i needed a fourth um to for the letter l there to finish mm-hmm. off that acronym and i thought maybe i just need to let go of all of this suffering and this pain that I'm going through in order so I can conquer this hill. Mm. So in a very roundabout way, that is how that acronym came about.
0: So this sounds like this was a very... Transformative experience for you, where you were not only you know tackling big physical challenges, but you were also tackling your own inner, you know, spiritual and and self reflection challenges.
1: Hundred percent. I definitely consider myself a very spiritual being, and i I see beyond just the physical in any situation I'm in. So in this particular bike tour, I saw the hill or the mountain as also internal a mountain that I have to climb inside myself and a challenge that I have to surmount to overcome. And then once I reach the top of that mountain, then I can see to the other side, I can see where I want to be in the future and all that work I took to get to the top of the mountain, is giving me the strength and the momentum to get to where uh, I can see in that future.
0: Yeah. I, I do think that there is something that happens to us when we overcome big challenges or we take steps to push ourselves into uncomfortable places that you learn resiliency, which applies to every aspect of your life. And especially physically when we overcome physical challenges, our body starts to relate to our mental challenges in a totally different way because we see the connection between what's possible and where we hold ourselves back.
1: That's beautiful. So many threads from what you just said are unraveling (laughs) in my mind. Uh, Resiliency is such a key word. Uh, One that I actually learned through permaculture, just Mm. the idea of, becoming a stronger person and healing yourself so that you become able to face whatever comes your way because life doesn't happen linearly there are these ups and downs and obstacles and adversities that come in front of us when we least expect it and so we need to cultivate that resiliency to be able to handle that and then especially again in these times with not only what's going on with the pandemic, but also just on a global environmental level. So that resiliency is, is so key. And then that mi- mind and body connection, that's something that I learned recently when I went to massage school. So that mind-body connection is something that I really keep in mind and I've really tapped into in the past year or two. And my first love is hiking and camping. Mm. I've done a lot of that, lots of trekking in the mountains of BC and in other parts of the world. And during one very difficult experience, I imagined that my, my self was composed of two entities As mind and a body, whereas that mind is almost like a separate person that I was envisaging. And that as I was climbing this mountain and suffering and was extremely tired and low on spirit, my mind was actually in front of me, holding my hand of my body and saying, come on, you can do it. Mm. Because we tend to... Uh, with our minds place limits on our body and what it can accomplish, and right. so I learned through my times in in all of these adventures that we actually don't have these limits they're they 're just imaginary. We can accomplish anything that we put our mind to, and so it 's actually up to us to lead with our mind to free our minds before we can accomplish allow our body to really tap its full potential.
0: Yeah. Well said. Very well said. So I'm, I'm curious to know if you were able to have these types of conversations or engage in growth with others along your path while you were touring.
1: So many. Yeah. Uh uh, Had a lot of unbelievable conversations with people Uh, people that I ran into randomly in town, perhaps at a cafe or just where I randomly stopped or even calling me and flagging me down as I was passing by on my bicycle. (laughs) Uh, And of course, also with warm showers hosts and with several friends that I had in some of the major cities, the capital cities of the provinces that I cycled through. So I definitely had a lot of human connection. And I I was very thankful for for that because, again, through these uncertain times, I wasn't sure how open people would be to hosting me or to just getting near me. And I just had some amazing random conversations with people that were so excited to hear my story and so inspired that they were really happy to, to give me a hug uh, and then one of them said, I love you, when I said that I, I'm very open and I say I love you to my friends and my even my male counterparts. And and so that really encouraged her to tell me that she loves me. And I, I responded in kind.
0: Mm, that sounds so powerful. And I, I love that we're having this conversation about your experience during the pandemic, because most of the conversations we've had on this show are either people that have toured in the past or that are planning their touring but haven't actually toured during the pandemic. And as we know at Warm Showers, and those of you that are listening, this is a really hard time for people that are used to being out on their bikes you know, during tourist season, and people have had to adjust and tour more locally or within their countries. And we, I, I would say that I am probably asked at least once a day. We have forum posts all the time. We have Facebook posts all the time asking if people would welcome them during the pandemic. And it's really hard to say because we have so many users across the globe that mm-hmm. you know everybody's going to be in a different state of what's happening, what they can or can't do, or what they're comfortable with. And there was a couple things that I found really interesting. And that was a lot of people are offering their property, if the weather's nice of course, for people to stay on, even if they aren't comfortable with them coming in their home. Like there's been a lot of revisions to how people are thinking about what a traditional stay looks like. And I love that because they're missing the connection so much.
1: I agree with you and I'm happy to share my experience with warm showers. Uh, I was, I did my cycle tour from the beginning of July until about the beginning of October. Uh, Was it uh, September? Yeah, September. So it took exactly two months. And it was in that period. And and things are changing so fast with the the pandemic that it's hard to say whether things will still be the same. And, of course, they'll be different from one country to the next. I think in Canada... Uh, things were just blowing up at the time that I left, but there were some areas that were still not affected so much, and then there were some areas where I think the they were maybe slightly more open and and not as ah even personally uh, experiencing the fear, uh, such mm. as uh, in the in the mountains in BC, people were fairly friendly, so I was hosted twice i believe in british columbia and then i had several friends that i stayed with i could not find a single host through the prairie provinces of alberta Mm. saskatchewan and manitoba but i did stay with friends in the capital cities and there really is not much along the way in ontario i believe i stayed with three hosts and they were all very open and welcoming with the exception that one was part of a community. It was a very unique stay. Uh, Speaking of communities that I've come across in my life, I stayed in a permaculture community on Manitoulin Island in Ontario, and they had a few more strict measures. So while they did permit me to stay, I was not allowed in the common area. And then when we were eating dinner, I, I had a sort of separate table that was just a meter yeah. separated. And then I was on the other side of that table. So it, it was a bit harder to connect with people. But at the same time, I was still able to have the experience of speaking with people outdoors and connecting with that community. And so the, those areas were more in the rural parts of Ontario Mm. now that i'm back in my hometown of toronto i find that there's certainly a lot of fear here and people are quite closed i can't imagine what it would have been like if i had to find a warm showers host in toronto
0: right i didn't
1: have to because here's my family and and friends that were willing to host me Uh, but like i said i think that there are if you put yourself out there, I think you will still be hosted. And I remember also coming across profiles where people said that you can camp in the backyard, even if you're not allowed in the house. And so I think hosts are still trying to make hosting uh, and finding a host accessible, but there are, there are some limits to, to the interaction.
0: Right. And of course we, you know, we know that, we know that people need to honor not only what they're, you know their current government regulations are, but their own safety I mean this is a totally optional time for participation um We understand and honor everybody's feelings in the process, as do you that some people might just feel differently about it, which is totally fine we are we are we are not judging anybody's decision along the way to host or not host or to tour or not tour. We understand that the gamut of emotions is heavy for a lot of people um And I want to circle back to one thing you said about the prairie provinces, because you and I, we've already spoken, so you know that I spent 14 years in Toronto. So you're like, you know, my my fellow Canadian, I love talking to Canadians, and I love, like, just even envisioning you touring across Canada is, is, you know, feels good to me. I would love to do that one day. And we have goals, Andrew, so you know, to increase hosting capabilities in, area where, in areas across the globe where we don't have a lot of hosts. And so it's part of our objective for the organization to really look at how can we, first of all, make ourselves more visible in places that people don't know about us, because we know that there's a lot of people that would love to host that probably just don't know that we exist. And so we're going to work on that. So maybe the next time you tour across the prairie provinces, um, it will be in a time where there's no lockdowns and where we have an increase in participation. Participation, and you will be able to find lots of hosts.
1: <laughs> uh, that's really great to hear. Uh, I definitely found that there were a, a decent number of hosts in the cities, but and I think this is a very special challenge with Canada, too. It's just such a big country, mm. and there's so few towns along the Trans-Canada and along other highways that are connecting the country. Uh, and then you know, they tend to live maybe less adventurous lives and are less open to this kind of stuff. So it would be interesting to see the evolution of of warm showers and whether you're able to find success in, in finding more hosts in these isolated areas. Yeah. Myself, if I do cycle tour again, I would like to continue east towards Newfoundland or mm. I think the States would be really great and perhaps really looking ahead would be maybe Europe. I think that would be really great too.
0: Yeah. Now let's take a moment to learn a little bit more about today's episode being brought to you by bikeflights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. You'll enjoy fast delivery, great prices and excellent service with every shipment. Select your shipment's delivery speed to suit your schedule and tap into their group buying power to get great rates. Throughout the shipping process, their support team, made up of fellow cyclists, works directly with their carrier's exclusive global operational team so that your shipment will arrive on time. Join the more than 700,000 cyclists who have used bikeflights.com to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today to find out more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. Yeah, we, we have lots of participation from users all over the world. And, you know, there are always pockets where we're, you know, going to do our best to try to fill it in. And, and of course, you know, we want to ensure that we have accurate information for when people are touring because we know that it's, it's hard when you're on tour and you send 15 requests and nobody responds because they haven't updated their profile to say they're not hosting or they're away or, you know, we're, we're working on all of that combined to make it the best experience possible when you're traveling because we know that Staying with a Warm Showers host isn't often everybody's only option. In fact, we were not really ever created for that. We were created to be an additional, um, you know, like a, an optional way to communicate and connect with people of a community while you're touring to um, supplement what you might already have planned. So... It's definitely on our mind, but I do want to switch to hearing some of your fabulous tales about the places that you have stayed, that you snuck into, because this is something we haven't talked about on the show, and yet I have heard more stories like this, and a lot of people don't really talk about it, and I want you to share yours, because I think they're great.
1: Great. Thank you. Uh, I've been traveling and quite nomadic a lot of my life, so I've really mastered low budget traveling and wild camping and so I knew I was going to apply this to my cycle tour and uh, you know it's almost kind of a game sometimes trying to find a place to wild camp and not having to pay for accommodation but it just really I think is fun and and you grow from that situation by uh, really because it's a difficult challenge finding a place to stay sometimes. And so you really push yourself to think very creatively and, and sleep in uncomfortable places. And so uh, one of the, <laughs> the most interesting places that I snuck into was on the Trans Canada Highway at the Manitoba-Ontario border, entering into Ontario, you arrive at the Ontario Welcome Centre. And due to the pandemic, that was closed. However, the foyer was still open and the washrooms were still open and accessible, I think mainly for truckers. And I arrived late to that center and I was re-entering the forests of Ontario while as I was in the prairies for over a, almost a month, I would say. No, not even a month. But anyway, I was in the prairies and sleeping in the open, and then I was coming back into forest and bear territory, and I really didn't feel like dealing with hiding my food. And so I was just checking out the foyer of the washroom, and I noticed that there was a handicap washroom, uh, which had a lock on it, and it was fairly large. And so I just snuck my bicycle in there, and I lay my pad and sleeping pad on the floor and I slept there through the night I did hear some truckers in the middle of the night and I think a few people tried the handicapped door I I really hope I did not prevent a handicapped person from being able to use the washroom, but I figured the chances were so extremely low and I was able to get a decent sleep it was really warm in there and didn't have to hide my food
0: how how cold was it at that time, between crossing between Manitoba and Ontario?
1: It was a really cold summer, or let's say mild summer, uh, and even mild spring right before I left the tour. So I think weather-wise, it was kind of a weird year. I'm not sure what it was like in Colorado. However, mm. I was su- really surprised at how rainy how gray it was I th- I think once I got into Winnipeg I w- I took about one day to get to Ontario border and then I had maybe three weeks left of my tour after Winnipeg I think I saw the sun only two days and mm. a lot of the times the sun would come out maybe just for like half an hour or an hour before the it got covered again by the clouds And the nights were really cold. I recall one night getting down to maybe six degrees, and I was Mm. not packed for that. I was dressed very light with few layers, and I had an old sleeping bag that was barely enough to keep me warm.
0: And for those in the U.S., let me just clarify, six degrees would be about 42 degrees um, for those that are... Not, I can't remember. Are you talking Celsius or Fahrenheit? Whatever the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> Is that fair? Are you Fahrenheit or Celsius?
1: Definitely Celsius. And I, I think okay, you're so, right. 42 sounds yeah. like Fahrenheit.
0: Yeah. It. It. I just wanted to clarify because six, I mean, if you think about six and Fahrenheit, that's a totally different thought. Absolutely. But yeah, it was cold. It was, it was cold, quite
1: yeah. cold. I mean, I think this was late August or no, mm. no, no, it was late July, early August that I was encountering this weather. At night, I think it should be no less than 10 or 15 degrees usually. So Mm -hmm. I struggled with feeling cold throughout a lot of the tour and more rain than I bargained for as well. But it all just made me tougher in the end. And I did have some really lucky breaks. Like, for example, there was one time I rolled... I was in the middle of Ontario, almost middle of nowhere. And I think it was maybe 10 PM, started to get dark and then it suddenly started to rain. And I don't recall having saw that in the the forecast. And I pulled into this RV park and spoke to the manager and she actually gave me a place to stay in her house where her son usually lives in that part, but was out of town. And I was so extremely thankful because i was I had already gotten a bit soaked, and I really didn't want to pa- um, prepare my my camp in the rain
0: uh, yeah. so
1: that was just one of those really amazing good luck stories or synchronistic stories, uh, one of many that I experienced on my tour
0: yeah so Andrew like what what do you plan to do next? Like, how, how are you going to build your experiences and living this acronym of hope, inspiration, love, and let go? Like, How, how are you building that into your life now?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I, I really felt like this cycle tour was really such an apex and really connected to everything that happened before, all those beautiful, amazing awakening experiences I had. I think being two months on a bicycle really, really allowed me to integrate and consolidate all of that into uh, just being very strong, being very determined. And as I wrapped up the cycle tour, I felt like I really couldn't live the status quo and I needed to do something that I was really passionate about. I need to tap into that and make a difference to those around me. Uh, I would say that uh, having just come out of uh, an office life several years ago, and then just last year going to massage school and entering the healing world, uh, mm. that world has really opened up to me. And also combined with my experiences in festivals and doing some harm reduction, I personally feel like my path is to become a psychedelic therapist. So I really follow that world very closely and there's been so many amazing developments and I'm very excited and I'm I'm keeping that path really in my mind and just being patient that that time will come because I find myself since the cycle tour becoming impatient. I thought the cycle tour would help me cultivate patience. However, I think I just feel again, that greater connection to people around me. And so now I'm feeling the pain of the world And I feel like I want to tap into my power and make a difference for the world now. But clearly, I still have more work to do on myself. And so one of those ideas I have is to do um, the psychedelic therapy. And other than that, I do as much creating as I can in my home. When it comes to things like fermenting, I really love to. Make beer and kombucha and kimchi and sauerkraut, and i I just make sure to engage in self care and I for myself, so I do yoga, but I also facilitate some yoga classes just in my house for my friends and my roommates yeah so things like that
0: and i, I would I would tell you Andrew, from my perspective in speaking to you and hearing about what you're doing you are making a difference in the way that you're living and the way that you are touching other people's souls by sharing your story like even coming on the show and and sharing um the vulnerable parts of growing and learning and so you are making a difference already even though the way you envision it is something different that will come but you you already are doing that that kind of healing work now so thank you so much for what you did on your journey and sharing and being willing to come and talk about it on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me and also I guess one last way in which I'm trying to make a difference is that I have a blog. And oh yes,
0: tell us about the blog. Also yes. my <laughs>
1: Instagram account which I really try to curate to always just be very inspiring and sharing new and alternative ideas. And so my blog is all I need is my two bare feet dot And so that's the number two. All I need is my two bare feet.
0: Yeah, we'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes for perfect. that for sure. Thank so you. people can click on that. And how about Instagram?
1: My two bare feet. So also the number two, my two bare feet.
0: Got you. I will make sure that people can find you there. And Andrew, thank you again for joining the show and. For those of you listening, go give Andrew a follow, check out his blog, follow him on Instagram, connect, talk about your journey, you know, find a way to connect with him. And I'm sure that he would love to continue the conversation.
1: Well, this was such a pleasure and I'm very grateful that you've reached out to me and had me on the show Taverly.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you, Andrew. And for those of you listening, regardless if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast app or on the Apple podcast app, we love ratings and reviews because it helps us get our show in front of more people, which means we will be able to inspire more people to spend time on their bikes and become hosts at Warm Showers. So please leave us a rating and review and we will be back to you soon. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warm underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.